Welcome to the New Abbey Podcast. We hope that you are all staying healthy and safe out there in the midst of quarantine and social distancing. This conversation is called interconnectedness. And the question for you to get started with today is what area of your life feels the most disrupted? Enjoy. Welcome everyone to New Abbey. Obviously, uh, this is unprecedented. Uh, you hear that everywhere. We have no idea what the new normal is, but here we are, and we're so excited to be with you. Yeah. Good crowd. Good crowd out here today. How's everyone feeling? Wow. Yeah. Right. Loving it. Three. Loving it. In case you're wondering, uh, there are four people here, and... Um, Cheering for us as they look at computers. Okay, so and they're all eleven feet apart. So yes, it's totally okay. Welcome to New Abbey, the new newest Abbey. Welcome to the newest Abbey. Um. All right. So yeah. this is we're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. We do this every week in New Abbey because we believe that this is the message that we have. That good news is simply this: that God calls each and every one of us sons or daughters. That God loves us and that God enjoys us. And those are incredibly easy words to say and very difficult words to live out. And so normally when we're together, we say, hey, would you grab the hand of somebody around you? Uh, and so if you're in a house or you're around other people, go ahead and grab their hand. Uh, and if not, imagine the reality that we're all together, that even though we feel quarantined and we might feel isolated in different parts of our city or our state or our country, uh, that we're still united and we believe in unity over uniformity that we believe that God loves diversity, and that we know that God loves diversity because all we have to do is look at creation. And if you can believe about yourself that you are God's child and that God loves you and that God likes you, would you have the capacity to believe that about other people uh, around this country, around this world right now? That that's the good news that we share in. So wherever you find yourself today, whether you're male or female or trans or gay or straight or bi or black or white, Latino or Asian, whether you're rich or poor or moderately incomed, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whoever you are, for all of the multiple facets that you bring today, God loves you, and God knows who you are. And can we believe that all of the other people around the world, that there's a million pieces of diversity that define them, but that God loves them exactly where they're at? And if we can believe that good news, could we believe it even about the person who's our enemy? That in this time, I think we realize that a virus shows no biases, that whoever we are, wherever we're at, uh, that we need one another. Uh, and so we're going to pray, and then we're going to do some things like New Abbey does it. So God, thanks. That wherever we find ourselves today, and wherever we're at, God, that you're with us. And as we say all of the time, God, we thank you that we don't have to invite you into anything. Because your spirit is already with each and every one of us. God, for those of us today who are feeling scared and anxious and worried and depressed, God, would you be with us? God, for those of us who are doing okay and things feel maybe different, but we can still handle the situation, and for probably just the myriad of emotions that we're all holding in between, we thank you that you are already with us, that you are already for us, and that you are already ahead of us. And so, God, wherever we find ourselves, we thank you that your grace, this unconditional love of God that meets us exactly where we're at, is there. And, God, these are unprecedented times. There is no normal, 
and we're all figuring it out together, and maybe would that level the playing field? Would that be a moment for us to connect and to unite, to let go of all of our differences, to honor the diversity that we all have, but to realize that at the end of the day, we are all just human. God, that we need you, that we need one another, and this is the hope that we live into. So Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, for your grace, for your kindness. And God, we pray for so many people in the world who are suffering, who are scared, for deaths. God, that you would be with people, that you would comfort them, that you would give them peace. And we thank you, God, that even though we're not all in the same rooms, that we can agree upon those things. God, that these are the moments in which we don't have great answers, in which we have more questions, and that we need something beyond ourselves, and so we look to you. And so we pray, Jesus, in your good and beautiful and gracious name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, if you participate in our community regularly, if you come to the gym on Sundays, you know that we're already the kind of community that anything goes and we try things and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't and we'll just put anything out there. So this is no different. This is our first live stream, obviously. And things are changing in very real time um, with the world in all of our lives and with New Abbey. So if you remember like a few weeks ago, a month ago, a week ago, I honestly have lost track of time. I just know that I'm on like day eight of social distancing and it's killing me. But um, we said, hey, we're going to meet, but we're not going to hold hands. And then the next day we're like, no, we're not going to meet. And then we're going to take a week off and then we're going to do a live stream. So just thank you already for going on this ride with us. Um, We are adjusting as quickly as we can to as many things as we can. And we're going to try some things and see if they work. Some weeks um, we might do conversation time. It might work. We might have music. We might not. We might do good news, call in. We might have, I don't, we don't know. So thank you already for just going on this ride with us and we're going to figure it out together. And we're so happy you're here. And that feels weird to say because I'm just staring at a camera. Okay, so um, here's what we do. One of my favorite things at New Abbey and we are going to continue to do the regular things that we do. Um, And so good news is no different. So we are going to take some time to celebrate with one another, to talk about the good things because we need them more than ever. So there is a space somewhere on your screen, I'm just saying that, I don't know, that you can write things in, you can type, okay? So um, you're gonna send in some good news and we're gonna have Frankie read it from the back like he's a bunch of different people. So Frankie, change your voice every single time, please, and pretend to be someone else. So if you have good news, send it in and we're gonna read it. Also, I feel like there might be a little delay. So in the meantime, let me just say some things, some of my own good news here. Um, Corey and I, very unplanned, we showed up matching yeah. this morning. Just a Come on. look at us. So well, not you too close there. Well, you that I dress like a lesbian. Yes, so. he does. Um, do you know Are we what... we allowed to say the same things live that we say <laughs> yeah. here? There's people who've never heard us talk before, and they're like, oh, yeah, I Yeah, I know. If you're joining of... us for the first time, you're like, yeah, I finally get to experience New Abbey. I'm sorry. Wow, do you know what cocoa butter is? You know that I am guessing... <laughs> And that it has to do, it's like a lotion. You'll get a half. You get half a point for that one. It is like a lotion, sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Frank, have you got any good news? We got some good news from Danon. Danon. Who said, the sun is out. He drove up Angel Crest in his convertible. Angelus Crest. Oh, wow. In his myrtle? 
Convertible. Convertible. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. I got the hearing of an 82-year-old man, so that's Rich. Fine. I like yeah. it. Some rich news. Okay, now be the All next right. one, but change your voice. You're now you're a different person. <laughs> oh, this is Sissy. <clears throat> Sissy's good news is, Sissy, Sissy here. I'm so grateful that Coachina Blank is here with me during this time. Aww. I love that. I Who's love got that a friend out there with them? And oh, right. Okay, I can't see any hands, but uh, raise your. Thank you. Thank hand. you for raising Press a few. Press the hard button even uh, more. Frankie, that sounded like the same voice. I'm gonna go ahead and just go ahead and do it. Uh, Anthony Badami says, "I was forced to part time, but my husband was promoted to supervisor and full time position." Hey, all look right. At that. Clapping from the back. Yes. Mo money, mo problems. I like that you just took I it over. If you're going to keep reading, then you have to change your voice. Well, you, we can read this together. Why don't you read from Erica and Julie? All I love right. that we're reading what they're typing, that they can actually see this. But yeah, we're still reading no, it. Yeah. This is, we're figuring this out. This yeah, is fun. Everyone's is having good. fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is fun. Um, celebrated my first well, quarantine birthday this week. Friends and family called in from all over the world and a virtual toast. It was lovely. Wow. Uh, all right. So this is, this is super weird because this is usually when I make people sing the last part of happy birthday. It's also Stacy Sims' birthday. I don't know if you're watching. Um, it's Justin yeah. Meyer's birthday. No, I'm just saying, people, I know it's his birthday. So, happy birthday to everyone. Uh, may you enjoy your birthday in isolation. Well, and something we always do at New Abbey is we sing the last, the part, last part of happy birthday to you. So, everybody. One, two, two three. three. Happy birthday to you. Live audience. I'm just going like to start this. pretending that these toilet papers are people. Okay, one of the things that I do appreciate is that everyone is using their real names. Because if there's any trollers out here yeah. that are just going to send some hate, like uh, we'll JC Forever King. Yeah, we'll, we'll catch you. <laughs> we'll catch you. Um, all right. All right. Good news. Uh, Katrina, good news. Student loan interest is on pause. So call into your loan provider. Okay, that is informative good news. So yeah. make a note to do that. Make some noise yeah, for student loans. Our live audience is killing it. Travis Grossi. There's like a person over here, a person over there. Yeah. Travis says, I finished a children's book. Amazing. Yeah. Right? Did you write it? It's hard to not to ask follow-up questions. I don't know if you wrote it, you read one, or that's the book you've been trying to finish for years. <laughs> And you finally had the time, so um, no matter what it is, congratulations. Yeah, um, I worked out twice this week, Sunflower 13. Hey, Sunflower. Sunflower. I don't know who you are, but that feels like half a troller name. I'm a, I right? think that's... You got to use real names here. I think that's my mom. Is it? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Lucia. Oh, man, that's so, so good. Shout out to my mom. Lucia, I'm really proud of you. You're not a troller in any way, shape, or form. People, this is not like AOL late 90s. The Ski yeah. Bum 33 was yeah. my AOL handle. What was yours? Um, I didn't have one because my parents said there's no one you need to know on the internet that you don't already know in real life. So... I was never allowed to go on it. Yeah, okay. Anyways, well, I think the whole um, point is that anonymity is not what we're looking for yes. on this. Okay, uh, any more, more good news? news? Oh, we've got tons got, of people. Yeah. Um, this is amazing. Katie, my hospital is finally able to do our own COVID-19 testing. That's amazing. Um, just yeah. type in the address and tell us where we can all go. Wow, there is so much good news here. All oh, right. Look at this. 
Oh, Carly, I got into NYU for a master's program in performing arts administration? Whoa! Come on! I'm like, I'm trying to clap. This That's is very amazing. awkward. Yeah, it's like, it's okay. like, a, like a British... A British what? I don't know. Person? Baking? Is this... Um, it feels... Yeah, well, uh, thank you, everyone. We'll do one more, one more. One more, no one pressure. more. No pressure. Make more. it a good one. Let's see. Um, I like that we just, like, took Frankie's job and, like, never... Yeah. Like, looked back. It's very rude. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, yep, good news. Ipo and Sabrina. Oh, my gosh. Good news. It's beautiful. 80 degrees today in Hawaii, and we finally get to see your two faces. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Ipo and Sabrina, we miss you so much. We miss and you. Happy almost anniversary, I guess, a month away. Okay, well, let's, let's do one last one. Alex Gervaisi, I showed up to church for the first time <laughs> in two months. Uh, wow, that is actually Alex. true. And Two months wanna, feels generous. Yeah, that is very good. Very good. <laughs> Alex, we'd like to thank you for making uh, Christmas, Easter, and now. That's, uh, that's a huge win for our community. Good news. Good news. Okay, uh, we got some announcements for you of things yes. going on. If you see on your little tabs, there's little tabs above you, I think, or on the side if you're on your phones. Um, and we got a bunch of announcements. The biggest stuff that we're looking for uh, is we're trying to find opportunities to connect people. Uh, and so smaller groups is a great way of doing that. All of our smaller groups leaders have Zoom. So if this is a season where you're like, man, um, I really want to connect with people. I don't know what to do. I'm feeling anxious. We've got, I think, like 13 groups or something like that. Um, and each of these leaders are able to connect with you, and we would love um, for you to do that. Uh, next announcement is food delivery. Uh, this is incredibly serious. Uh, we're doing food delivery in the city of Pasadena. As most of you know, all school districts are shut down within the state, um, which is really scary for a lot of families for different reasons. Uh, like some of it is there's parents who have never had to spend this much time with their children before, and that is just new and terrifying. Um, but in the very serious way, there are a lot of people who depended upon food uh, at schools uh, to really make it throughout the week. And this is added costs that they don't have the ability to cover. And so we're partnering with an organization here in Pasadena, and they're really targeting the people who are the most displaced and the most hard out on this. And we need people to deliver food. So right now, the school district is collecting names of families who are just having a tough time. And one of the scary things coming up is that on spring break, they don't even know how they're going to get food out. So we need probably five to 10 people who'd be willing to pick up food around 7 a.m., deliver food around homes uh, in Pasadena uh, to people who don't have access to it right now. Uh, the easiest way to sign up for that is I think there's even like a little button at the bottom that says prayer request because that's the only button they gave us, obviously. Uh, click on that button to talk to God or us. Um, <laughs> that was actually pretty good. <laughs> This, people don't know how much we make each other laugh, and probably no one else thinks yeah. that we're funny, but that this is like great. That's pretty good. All right. That's not bad. Uh, but seriously, if you've got things going on, we want to know about it. Also, if you hear any announcement that comes up and you want more information, when you click per request, type your information in. It just goes to info at newabby.org, so it'll make things a lot easier. Um, another tab that you're going to see up there is Helio. Helio is one of our partners here at Resistance Athletics. Um, they do basically sports science, and so they're really big onto technology. 
technology, which right now is perfect timing. Um, and they have an app up that is free for everyone in our community for 30 days. Uh, and you can go and just get your movement on. Uh, we want to be integrative and create health and support in every way possible. Uh, we want you to be in smaller groups. We want you to be working out. We want to help you find therapy, virtual therapy right now. You name it, your health, healing, transformation is a priority for us. Uh, so there should be a link there that I think that says action. And if you click on that, you can go sign up. Uh, and there's a code there for New Abbey so that you can keep working out. Um, and then to give. Yeah, so if you want to give, um, you can text New Abbey all one word to 77977 or email us for more info. Um, this is the... <laughs> we have toilet paper. If you need it, please ask. Um, but seriously, this is a time where, uh, again, I am super grateful uh, for the ways in which New Abbey chooses to use its money and its resources. So if you have in this time, this is a tough time for people, but please give, because we're also going to say if you have need, please ask, and we're really going to need it to balance out. So um, if you have and you can, please give, and if you need, please ask. We are trying to bring unity to one of the most divisive things in our society, and that's money, especially now more than ever. So... Um, yes, please do that. And I have an itch on my face that I'm just trying, I'm trying not to touch my face and it's so hard. Yeah. I just wanted to let everyone know. Well, while you that. think about itching your face, I mean, one of the things that I've been really like, encouraged about with our community is we've had requests come in already. Obviously, there's people who are hard hit and need cash and we want to help you in very real time. Uh, but actually, the vast majority of emails that have come in have been people in our community who says, hey, I have extra right now. And is there anyone in need? And I love that. We have no idea how this is going to balance out. We have no idea what all the needs will be. Uh, we're incredibly thankful for all of you and your generosity and your consistency. And we've been pretty conservative with our budget. And we have funds and availability to support people right now. Uh, and as we say in here all the time, if we're going to go bankrupt, we're going to go bankrupt for generosity. And we want to support the needs of our community in real time. Because the church is not a brand. Uh, the church is a body of people. And we want to care for each other um, with that. So... Those are the announcements, and normally we would do Meet an Interesting Person uh, live, and we're going to do that some weeks. Like we said, some weeks we're going to have music, some weeks we'll do Meet an Interesting Person. We're figuring this out in real time, people. Uh, but one of the fun things that, that we've just seen all over social media is just how creative people have been. Uh, and Dakota, who is an incredible person in our community, also, like I like to say, has uh, just great six-pack. If you're looking to stare at some six-packs online, go check him out. Um, it's just true. He's got better abs than most human beings. He's in the top 1% of the 1% of six-packs. Um, he is a creative, and he made this really beautiful poem, I think, that fits our time. So a interesting person is this spoken word by Dakota Aiden. No snowflake ever feels responsible in an avalanche, and no raindrop feels beholden to the storm, and yet, and yet in this time, when we are all questioned by life, am I my brother's keeper? It is the hero within us that must answer the call in the affirmative. It is the lover within us that must choose to do the difficult things to be kind, to step back where we must, and step in where we can to release our addiction to fear and stop hoarding panic in ourselves like tomorrow will not bring a fresh crop, a fresh sunrise, or a new day. I dare say, the human in us has faced off with bigger dragons and won. It is our crowning feature. But now is the time for our generation to prove our worth and to prove that mercy and justice are not just high ideals, that we believe in caring for people we may never meet, and that saving a life 
could start by simply baptizing these hands, and if for now I cannot embrace you with these arms, know that I am sending out this poem like a love letter in a glass bottle sitting here, writing in my room, maybe the best thing that I can do. But I do so, knowing that in five years, a child somewhere will meet their grandparents, all because of how we chose to care today. All right, make some noise in your homes for Dakota. <laughs> ah, I love it. Dakota, we love you. We love you. This really is an amazing though. time, I feel like, for artists. Um, we need you now more than ever, so keep creating things. Um, all right, so now is the part in our gathering where we usually break into uh, groups and we have conversations with one another. This is one of the most important Things that we do. At the end of the day, um, Corey and I were talking about this earlier. We were talking about this yesterday. We've been talking about this a lot. The reason we are trying to figure out a way to make this still happen, to have smaller groups on Zoom, to do a live stream, to do whatever it is that we're going to do, is because we believe that this place is special. We believe in this place. We believe in you all. We believe in this community and the power that that has to shape um, how we respond to things in the world. And so um, we're just going to keep trying things. So we're going to try conversation time. And uh, here's a, what I'm going to say. Uh, if you are with people in your house, you're with your family, you're with whoever, um, then just talk to them. If you want to call someone on the phone who you know is watching this, you can call them. Or alternative option, and this is where it might get weird, but fun, um, there is a little button you can click. At it says, the, uh, connect with us. Connect with us. I know yes. what it says. Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. Doubting uh, me. I saw it. Uh, um, so if you click that, it will take you to a Zoom call with everyone who's on this call. So obviously you can't have a conversation with hundreds of people, but it might be fun just to click it, get on the call, see everyone's face and wave. I don't know. That would make me feel happy. Maybe it will make you feel happy. So we're going to, just take a few minutes and do one of those things. Jump on the Zoom call, wave at all your friends, call someone, touch somebody's hand in your... What? That got weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> the question, though. Ah, all right, great. Uh, what area of your life has been the most disrupted? So jump on the Zoom, call someone, ask someone, what area of your life has been most disrupted? Enjoy. What we're going to talk about today is that disruption is our teacher, that we believe that disruption has something to teach us in our lives, uh, and we want to talk about that in a few ways. So to talk about disruption, we're going to talk about some things. We've got to talk about Babylon, and if we can understand Babylon, then we can talk about the temple. And if we can talk about the temple, then we'll talk about all of our interconnectedness, try to use that on a Scrabble board. And then if we can talk about interconnectedness, then we'll talk a little bit more about no bias. And if we can understand the lack of bias that's going on, then we can talk about social inequities. And if we can talk about social inequities, then we can talk about gratitude, then we'll talk about a prophetess that we talked about many times, and then we'll close with some good news. In the ancient world, in 586 BC, and everybody got excited about history dates in the Bible, uh, woo, uh, is when Israel was in captivity in Babylon. 
that this is a period of history for the Israelites where they are being oppressed by the superpowers in the world. That one of the difficult things for American Christians to understand is that most of the Bible was written by people who were suffering. It was written by the marginalized. It was written by people who were dealing with difficult times. It's not until the last 200 years that we even have an understanding of a prosperity gospel or a different type of good news that doesn't deal with the real suffering and disruptions that happen in the world. That for Israel in 586 BC, when they're sitting in captivity in Babylon, they're asking all new questions about who God is. They're asking all new questions about what does it mean to be human. And one of the reasons that they're asking new questions is that their entire world, their normal as they understood it, was rooted around the temple. That there was a building in which Yahweh actually lived. This is where their God dwelt. And then the Babylonians come in and they destroy Israel, they destroy the temple, and they destroy the norm of how Israel lived their lives. And that for people of faith throughout the generations, there are these moments for us, for humanity, where disruption happens. And we all know this. We know that the most growth in our lives happens in moments of disruption. We would all love for growth to take place when we are sipping some margaritas on the beach. But unfortunately, most of the growth that happens in our lives is when there's conflict. That conflict and disruption and the abnormal is what forces us to grow and to ask different questions. But can it be a gift? Can it be a gift where we get to ask bigger questions about who is God? That these are not the moments where we find better answers. These are the moments where we actually get to ask better questions. Are these the moments where we not only ask who is God, but we ask deeper questions about what does it actually mean to be human? And so for the Israelites, hundreds or thousands of years ago, as they're sitting in Babylon, as their temple has been destroyed, as a superpower has disrupted their normal, they are asking all the same questions that human beings have, that have always asked in these difficult times, the deeper questions about what existence actually looks like. And something unique happens at that time. If you look at the history of the world and if you study anthropology, which I know that you all do, then what you'll notice is that through all of history, when another superpower would destroy another nation, what would happen is you would take on their God because their God was somehow more powerful than your God. But only in this instance, only with Israel, did they get destroyed, not only by the Babylonians, but by all of the superpowers that the world had ever seen, by the Egyptians, by the Assyrians, by the Babylonians, by the Greeks, and by the Romans, that they still maintained faith in their God. And how did they do it? They did it because they evolved. So anytime someone tells you that you need this God who's immovable and concrete and there's this universal absolute that never changes, that's not even true to the biblical narrative. The biblical narrative says, of course in conflict you evolve. Of course in these moments you're going to ask different questions about what it means to be human. These are the moments, although none of us want them, are maybe some of the most important in human history. And so for Israel, it was the fact that the temple was destroyed. The very way in which they understood God was no longer there. But here's what came out of those moments. Now, for the first time, and again, no other people group had ever done this, they maintained the belief in their God. And they did this. What if our God is no longer confined to that box over there? 
What if our God can travel with us wherever we go? They started to think about Sabbath in a different way. How they thought about Sabbath is that a place of rest, that the temple of God is no longer a building. A temple of God is no longer those sets of beliefs that your youth pastor told you. That the temple of God is no longer the faith of your childhood. That the temple of God is no longer this and that. That God is now everywhere and always. And that you are the temple of God. How does that change the way that you see who God is? How does that change your connection to God? How does that change the way that you see human beings? Because if the temple is no longer there and you are the temple, then you start with this, that there's something unique about me, that the divine spark, that the spirit is flowing through these bones. And if it's true about me, is it true about every other human being? And how does that change the way that we see the world? Follow along with me in Jeremiah chapter 29. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. Do not let your prophets and fortune tellers who are with you in the land of Babylon trick you. Do not listen to their dreams because they are telling you lies in my name. I have not sent them, says the Lord. This is what the Lord says. You will be in Babylon for 70 years, but then I will come and do for you all good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. I really wish that we were all together right now so that I could see so many of you post-evangelicals just cringe at reading that verse. They were probably triggered by how it's been told to us. Because how it's been told to us is that you're being blessed, my brothers and sisters, and God just wants to bless you even more. That's not the verse. I love that I go to my Southern voice for that. That's good. Yeah, a little slight Joel Osteen. It's actually a verse about, no, your norms have been disrupted. And it says, and you're going to be here for 70 years, which is another way of saying there's unknown still ahead. And even in the unknown, would there be new ways in which you connect with God? Even when everything that you understood is no longer there, would there be new ways that you connect with your humanity? That in the disruption, could this be a teacher and a gift for you to understand the world even more? That disruption is a teacher and it will teach you the reality of interconnectedness. That if there were biases before, that there's a virus out there that is showing us that there are no biases. It doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor, if you're black or you're white or you're Asian, if you're gay, if you're straight, if you're Republican or you're a Democrat, that the virus goes after every single human being. That's not to scare you, That's a reality to say because we've all just been human the whole time anyways. And we need to stop talking about the things that divide us. We need to stop spreading fear that I am incredibly disappointed and sorry for all of my Asian American brothers and sisters and Asians out there for a president who would say the China virus. That this is not a time to put more discord and division into the world. This is a time for us to say that we're all human, that we're all in this thing together, that there is no longer a normal anymore, that we're all going to ask bigger questions and we're all going to get through this thing together. 
That's the magic of interconnectedness. The magic that when you look through social media and you look around the world right now, are there terrifying and anxious and distressing things going on? Of course. But you see hope and you see goodness and you realize more than ever that we're not just connected. Connected just means that you're putting one part to another. But there's a web of interconnectedness that we never imagined the reality of how deep it was before and that we see it. That my part affects your part and your part affects my part. And that's the parts that we're doing together is that we're realizing the interconnectedness of who we are as human beings. Yes. Smooth transition. <laughs> um, so while, like Corey said, and this is what, these are the conversations we've been having because while this is showing us that we are all interconnectedness, interconnected and we are all just human, it's also revealing a ton of deeply rooted social inequity that exists in our culture. Right? So we're having these experiences where we have lots of children who don't get meals unless they go to school, school shuts down, and what's in place for them? We're all of a sudden living in a society where grocery store clerks are considered essential employees for our society to run. But these essential, essential employees are making a minimum wage. They're not making doctor salaries. They're not making nurses' salaries. We have uh, food service delivery people who are also now essential employees of our culture. And so while there is this interconnectedness in the sense that we are all human, there's also these deep social inequities that are being highlighted by what's happening. And it's really hard to find yourself being a regular human being trying to manage all of that while this is happening. So I was talking to a friend this week and we were texting and she said, my anxiety is just at an all-time high, it's coming in waves, and it's knocking me completely down. And so we were talking, and I was like, that makes sense, because whose anxiety isn't a little ramped up right now? And so we're talking and talking, and then later I'm on Instagram, like you are 24-7 these days. And um, I'm on Instagram, and I go to her page, and I'm looking through her story, and it's just reposts of tweets like, has anyone thought about these people? Has anyone thought about these people? What are we going to do about that? Have you thought about this? This is the worst thing that's ever happened for this people, and this is the worst thing that happened, and let me tell you why this is the worst thing that's ever happened. And I was like, no wonder your anxiety is knocking you over in waves. Everything you're consuming is pointing out the exact worst part of what's happening right now. And this is really important because I think we are at an interesting time in society that no one's ever been where we have unlimited access to information and we are now the regulators of what we consume. So we are now the people who get to decide how and when we interact with what's going on, with the social inequity, with the fear, with the anxiety, with the good news, with the bad news. And it's proving incredibly difficult, I feel like, for a lot of people, and maybe I'll just speak for myself. I say every week when I stand up here and we get ready to do good news, that there are things in our world that need to be addressed and challenged and known, and at the same time, we cannot forget that joy is an act of revolution. Joy itself is revolutionary, and so how do we hold both of those together? And now we have an unprecedented opportunity to actually try that. I don't think that we need to ignore the social inequities of what's going on. I think that we need to be aware of what we are asking minimum wage, working class people to put their lives at risk for. I think we need to be aware of what's happening in the discrepancies in our school systems. I think we need to be aware of the way that our socioeconomic class system is showing up, right? And at the same time, I think we need to have some serious limits and take care of ourselves. 
I think we need to allow ourselves to still experience joy, to still experience things without guilt. I think we need to allow ourselves to disconnect, to disconnect from the constant stream of of information and not feel bad about that. We have a serious no news policy we have enacted in our house because me and Sammy were losing our mind. If it's that important, you will find out about it. I guarantee you put your phone down, right? Find something good. Watch one of the Mighty Ducks trilogies on TV because those are the best movies ever created and they just bring deep joy. So I have committed to trying to figure out what it looks like to choose joy in the midst of this disruption. That doesn't mean ignoring things. That doesn't mean like acting like it's not happening. That doesn't mean I'm not taking it seriously. I'm taking it seriously. This is the first time I've left my house and I'm staying far away from everyone and I haven't hugged any of these people in this room that I love. But I've committed to trying to choose joy in that. And I was in therapy this week. Don't worry, it was social distance therapy. And um, I was telling my therapist, I just feel all over the place. I feel like I'm trying to choose joy, but then I feel anxious and then I feel helpless and then I feel sad about all these people who are having it worse than me. I feel nervous for what the next 30 days are going to look like. I feel so anxious about the impact that this is going to have on our economy. And then I feel joyful that I get this time home with my wife. And then I feel happy that I get to do these things that I love. And then I, and I'm all over the place and I don't know what to do. I'm trying so hard to choose joy. And she said, everything you feel is okay. Anything you feel is normal. It's okay if you feel anxious. It's okay if you feel helpless, it's okay if you feel joyful. That the best we can do when we're feeling something, when we're going to a place that we don't want to go and we're living into a place of fear, is gently bring ourselves back to where we want to go. This is not a time to shame ourselves for any of the feelings that we're having. This is a time to gently remind ourselves that being human is the hardest job we will ever have, and we are all figuring that out in real time as new circumstances are coming up. So you want to choose joy, so we're trying to have faith, so we're trying to trust, so we're trying to grow for whatever it is, you're going to waver from that, and you're going to see something on the news, and you're going to see something on social media, and it's going to throw you way off. All you can do is with gentleness and kindness and curiosity, bring yourself back to the place that you want to go. And I think if we can start to do that with ourselves, then we can be more gracious and do that with the people around us. I literally was, was talking. Sammy and I have had so many wild conversations. And finally, I was like, I feel like I'm on a loop of feelings and Sammy's on a roller coaster of feelings, right? So like every three hours, I cycle through a feeling. Every three minutes, she cycles through a feeling. And we are literally trying to figure out how to be there for one another when we seem to be on like two very different journeys of what's going on. Um, and it just helps to remind myself Respond with the same gentleness that you're trying to give yourself to everyone around you. People are living in fear. People are reacting. People are not being kind. People are acting out of some of the worst places that humans can act out of, which is fear and anxiety. And people are acting out of some of the best places. And how do we extend that kindness that we want to give ourselves to other people as well? I think that's all we can do. We are learning how to trust ourselves in a completely new way, which is one of the most important things that we're ever going to learn how to do. You know when you've had too much social media and you need to stop. You know how much news is too news. You, you know how much 
You know what you need to do, and you have to start trusting that. Because it's going to take us taking responsibility for our own healing to be a part of what's going to collectively happen through this thing. It would be amazing if we came out of this thing completely changed. It would be such a shame if all of this happened and we come out and nothing is different. Everything should be different. The way we interact with people should be completely different. The way we interact with ourselves should be completely different after all of this. And that's only going to work if you start trusting that voice inside you, that voice of gentleness and kindness, not that voice of shame, not that voice of fear, and not the voice of guilt. Our prophetess, Brene Brown, who we talk in here, about here all the time, um, we should just start putting her on salary just because we should just send her a check every month because we, we use her. so much of our material. We cannot afford her, no. It would be more of a donation. Like, hey, here's five bucks for the 95 times we quoted you. Um, but she says, which is realer than ever, um, she says, my healing is inextricably tied to your healing and our healing is inextricably tied to the healing of the world. Meaning, if we want to be in this time of disruption and find this change and this healing in these moments... It's going to take us being vulnerable and gentle and kind with ourselves, with the people around us, and hope that that shapes the way in which we all begin to interact with one another. This is really freaking hard. It's okay. I have literally been asking myself, why can't I just hold on to one feeling? It's just like a wave of them coming back and forth until finally I said, maybe I will just let that happen and gently guide myself back to where I'm going. And it has been incredibly helpful, right? So whatever you're feeling is okay. Don't shame yourself for it. When you have the joy that you're looking for, you have the thing you're looking for, hold on to it. And we're gonna get through this, we're gonna do it together. So in this, there's been a lot of hard things, there's been a lot of bad news, and there's been a lot of good news. There's been so much good news. I love hearing the stories about people who are doing shopping for uh, their neighbors and community members who are over 65. I love that stores are now opening early so those uh, folks can shop in peace. And uh, I love seeing stories of people who are dropping off food and delivering things and raising money and celebrities who are doing live concerts on the Instagram and all the proceeds are going to Feeding America. And there's so much good happening. And I would be remiss if I didn't spend some time talking about it and reminding us all to look at it because while it feels doom and gloom and grim, there's also so much good and people are showing up in such a big and real way. And it's just incredible to watch. I think disruption is a great teacher. Disruption is not anything that we were looking for. But hopefully disruption will teach us in these moments that we are all interconnected. Hopefully disruption will teach us that if we're all interconnected, that I need gentleness in my life. And if I need gentleness, then I know that you need gentleness. And that gentleness will also lead us to the reality that there's goodness in this world. There was always goodness in this world. That's the message that we preach at New Abbey all of the time. So much of the gospel that we were given was a story of bad news, that somehow you are depraved, you are wrong, there's bad things going on, and that God is trying to fix you so that somehow God will be happy. But as we quote from Richard Rohr all the time, Jesus didn't come to change God's mind about you. Jesus came to change your mind about God. That the story of Jesus is one of, about all of disruption. That Jesus is born into disruption, lives in disruption, has disciples who are in the midst of a disrupted world under oppressors and they're poor and they're socioeconomically not the first class. There's all kinds of stuff in the story of Jesus where Jesus reminds us 
that we're all interconnected. There's a reason that Jesus is always taking his followers to see other people who aren't like them. Jesus is doing what the virus is showing all of us of, oh, the Samaritan, oh, the leper, oh, the woman caught in adultery. They're not bad. They've always been good. They've always been made in the image of God. They've always been loved by God. Would you see in this moment, let's just not talk about those that are different than us. Let's go experience them firsthand. Let's witness the interconnectedness that we all have as human beings. And then maybe when you learn to be gentle to them, even the lowest among us, could you learn to be gentle to yourself? And if you can learn that kind of gentleness, then would you begin to see that there's goodness everywhere? As the rabbis said about Moses, that when Moses saw the burning bush, it wasn't that the bush started burning, it's that the bush was burning the entire time and Moses finally had eyes to see it. In these moments, New Abbey, would you begin to have eyes to see the interconnectedness that we all have? Would you have eyes to see the gentleness that you need for yourself and for the rest of humanity? Would you have eyes to see the goodness that has always been there That even in the news, when we're always talking about the worst thing that's going on, would you be reminded of the fact that there's always been a mother who wakes up early to feed her children? That there's always been people who go to grocery stores every day, and there's been faithful farmers and people working at those grocery stores who feed us? Would you be reminded of all the goodness that happens on social media, that you have access to so many people's lives? Would you be reminded of the fact that you can breathe right now? Would you be reminded of the fact that you have consciousness? Would you be reminded of the fact of the beauty in this world? is what Jesus constantly brings us back to, that this world is teeming with life and goodness, and that's where the story begins. So our lives are disrupted. We all agree upon that. You're sitting in your homes, and we're speaking to an empty room. But let disruption be a great teacher that we may all be changed through our interconnectedness, through our gentleness, and through our goodness. And in doing so, may we be more of the church. May we be more like Jesus. May we show more goodness and graciousness in this world. Now we're going to somehow get back into those same groups that you were in before, whether you were talking to yourself, you had somebody in your home, you got on that Zoom call, uh, and we're going to answer this question with one another. How can disruption be your teacher in this time? Enjoy. We are going to come back together, take a few seconds to wrap up. Uh, We got your messages that somehow right at 11 o'clock, it timed out, right, as I was saying the most transformational part of my talk that would have changed your life. And then we went quickly into an altar call, so you missed that. But that's okay, next week. Next week, that will come back and we'll, we'll do two to make up for it in case you were worried. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna do conversation time, the group conversation time like we normally do, and this is a great chance where you can just send in your questions or the things, I mean, not your questions, but the things you were talking about in your groups. Uh, we'd love to hear about it, we'll read it out loud. You know, It's just fun to be connected to each other. Uh, while you're posting those, my favorite thing that was posted in, the, in between time was, but what can we learn from the disruption in the video? <laughs> and to Phil and Joy in Las Vegas, thank you. Thank you for that gift. Because 
Abby's about participation. We love a little bit of comedy, a dash of irreverence, and that's what makes us special and unique. So when you get a chance, we'd love to hear, what were you talking about? What came up for you uh, in our conversation today? Uh, what have you been thinking about? How did you answer those questions? How did you not answer those questions? And we'll see how long it takes for you to send those in. Do we need a filler? Filler. Okay. What? Let's see. Tell a joke. Tell a joke. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let's do some of our bits. Yeah. I've been working on some bits. Like, why They're, do I have more uh, bacon than toilet paper? No, it's not. No one gets that. That's uh, true. Corey though. called me. He's like, oh, you know what's so funny about coronavirus? I have more bacon than toilet paper. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I told he was like, oh, maybe I'll say that on Sunday. I was like, it's not funny. And <laughs> Here we are. It's all right. good. I've got some bad jokes. but um, are, are questions coming in at all? Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. All right. Great. Have you ever noticed? Time out. Uh, what's funny about the world? <laughs> Yes, I did find a new gay show on Netflix and it made me so happy. So if you're gay, watch a show. That will make you happy. Um, all right, Sarah Wineland says, we talked about intentionality and boundaries with working out, mental health, cultivating relationships. Oh, yeah. Super important, Sarah Wineland. <laughs> This super prepared to say something. Okay, but honestly, everything that we talk about around here is integrative health, uh, that we believe that your, your spiritual health, your emotional health, your physical health, all to go together. Uh, we don't live in that world anymore where it's just like, hey, you can pray all of the fear away, you can pray all of the anxiety away, uh, but then you're gonna eat two bags of Doritos every day. It's just not gonna work. Uh, that your whole body and health is integrated, and that's something we advocate for. Yeah, it's been super wild. I've been running. Like, what am I, Serena Williams? And um, all of a sudden, it's just really helping me clear my mind. I, I don't know. I feel like there's a, a sense of, oh, now I get to do whatever I want because there's a crisis. Um, when the reality is, I think this is a time to take care of ourselves and take responsibility for that more than ever, which sucks being a grown-up. So. Yeah. Uh, Becca Blum says, it's taught me to slow down, to spend more time with my wife, to be more present. And normally I wouldn't stay home and read or do yoga or take deep breaths, but I am. Yeah. Which is like a, a weird silver lining. I was telling Sammy, I don't know the last time I've gotten this much sleep this many consecutive nights, um, which is just good for your body. I don't know. There's, and I'm, I don't want anyone to feel bad for like finding the good in it when, yeah, I am spending a lot of time with my wife and I get that, Becca. Yeah, again, the world's pausing right now. I don't know if you've seen all the articles about how like air quality is cleaning up and that the, literally like the plant is taking a chance to breathe. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's just a reminder that we all need to stop and we don't know how to and now we're forced to and there's something in that yeah. for us. Um, it's given me time to assess. Aaliyah says it's given me time to assess what is truly important to me and decide what gets my, what gets my focus going forward. Yeah. I know. Um, Sammy keeps saying that. She's like, I feel like this is um, a gift in a moment where we wouldn't get this time to pause and to plan and to have conversations with each other about what do we really want moving forward? What do we want our future to look like? It's, it's, 
It's amazing. I say that in the same breath of knowing that people are losing jobs and feeling scared and people are taking a breath and resting and we get to hold it all together. So um, whatever you feel in that, we're, we're with you. I'm just reading people's comments right now about <laughs> mocking me for thinking something was funny. <laughs> uh, and then the other part is people are like, what show? What show are you talking about? What's the gay show? Oh, Classic gosh, Archer. Right. Well, there's yeah. a show on Netflix. It's called Feel Good. Um, and it features cute lesbian couple navigating life. Um, Ciara, our resident lesbian, is in the back cheering. Yeah. Uh, Phil and Joy, because you've been money so far, they asked a great question back of how do you think church will change based on this experience? You know, something that you know, Abby is founded upon is that the church needs to change. The church needs to evolve. That the mission of the church in the 21st century should look radically different. It's wild somehow that there's still churches out there that women don't have the same rights as men or that uh, LGBTQ people, that churches are not affirming. And I hope that the church rethinks its inclusion rethinks who God is. I already know that there's like super crazy stuff out there. I got like posts from people who are sending me like, look at the book of Revelation, it's coming true right now and there's diseases and wars and famines. Uh, Yeah, duh, that's like every part of history. Uh, That's not what that means. Uh, And we can either live into anxiety and fear and we can have those voices that tells us that like God hates us and can't wait to get us out of here and this is a sign for that or it's a good and beautiful world that God made and the church can be the people who tell that story the best, who can say this is what Jesus has always been teaching us. Jesus has always been teaching us uh, bigger ways to think, bigger ways to understand God, bigger ways to understand humanity. I mean, the fact is that how many people are connected online right now? Um, Again, if you know Abby, if if you've like been here live, you know that we make it incredibly difficult for you to get here. We have like a horrible website, signage, you have to go through like a back alley. Like we're working hard to keep this thing not big apparently. Um, Because we believe this place is all about relationships. Uh, And now like we have like lights and cameras and we're live streaming and we didn't plan on that, but here we are and we hope. Uh, It's a message that we've said all the time is that I... All we care about is that whoever needs New Abbey knows about it. Whoever needs this bigger story of God has the opportunity to, and at least for us, that changes that opportunity right now. And we're excited about that. Yes. Yeah. We'll close with one other one. Let's see. Dun, 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 dun. Mm-hmm. Ariel, you can read it because, you know, she's amazing. Oh, Ari. As an artist, disruption has kind of always been a teacher for me. But this time around, it's hard because everything is disrupted. My job as an artist was the first thing to go. My fiance and I had to postpone our wedding. And it all feels out of control. And yet, according to who? I'm learning to lean into divine disruption. And it's painful, but I know necessary. I'm so grossed out. You had to touch my phone. I know. Uh, Now I need to lice on my hand. I won't touch my face. But, um, yeah. I, I, I think that's true. I think, I think it's just a hard reality about life that a lot of the good things that we love and cherish, like Corey said, a lot of the things that we learn come from out of the most painful times. Um, And that sucks. And I'm so sad about your wedding and all of the gigs that are getting canceled. And I also know that this is birthing something amazing in you and in all of us. And that just sucks. I wish that I could say, Man, everything is going so well right now, and everything is super easy, and I am growing a ton, right? Which is just nothing I've ever said. 
Um, it's in these times that, yeah, we're going to grow from this and it's not going to be easy. And that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. I feel like we have this association that we've made that if things are going bad, we've done something wrong. Or if we do the, the right thing, it should be easy. And that's just factually not true. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of things are going to be hard. And I just believe a lot in what, what might come from this season and know that people are carrying that disappointment with you. I think one of the most helpful things I was ever taught as a young pastor, uh, and it was seeing people go through tragedy. You, you have the opportunity to be in people's lives in such real ways is that one group of pastors taught me as a young pastor to try to provide more answers and give people more Bible verses and just pray more or something. And uh, I think the most helpful advice I got from one of my mentors is when you know, someone gets cancer or a kid dies or there's natural disasters or viruses and people are like, well, where's God in this? It's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say, there's a lot that we have to learn. I have a lot more questions now too. And it's not how I wanted to have more questions, but I do, and I think it's more, more honest, and I think that's actually faith. What we're trying to give people before was certitude, and it doesn't work. It can't fit. This virus cannot fit in a box. This virus cannot be prayed away. This is not about you, you know, just being able to trust God enough and you won't get sick. That's, that's not real. This is a moment for us to all go deeper and to be living into the reality of mystery and uncomfortability, and I think there is where we'll find God. And so with that, we're going to do what we always do at New Abbey. Uh, we're going to take communion together. So I don't know if you got anything at home. Uh, it's 11 o'clock somewhere. So if you got a bottle of wine, go ahead and get that out. Uh, find yourself a nice carbohydrate. Um, we have some plastic cups and crackers here with one another. Uh, and then we'll do this. And then there'll be a song that will kind of play us out. And I'll do a benediction right now and go out into your weeks. And so every week we come to the communion table and we break apart the bread as the reminder that there is brokenness, there is pain, there is figuring it out. And that the story of Jesus is that God stands in solidarity with us. God doesn't excuse it or try to answer it away. God says, I'm gonna be with you in the midst of the uncomfortability, of the disruption, of sin, of death, of the hardest things in life. But we take that cup, we take that body of Jesus and we dip it into the grape juice, the wine, to be a reminder of that there's new covenant and that there's new life and that the story that we've been given is out of Friday, out of crucifixion, out of the hardest times is where we find resurrection. That the resurrection doesn't take away the Friday, but it's somehow that those wounds and those scars are the things that will teach us moving forward. That there is reconciliation, that there is renewal, and that there is new life ahead of us. We don't know what it all means, but that's the hope that we live into every week. So New Abbey, wherever you are, may you go this week and may disruption be your teacher. May you learn that you are interconnected with everyone. May you be gentle to yourselves and to the world around you. And would you see good in everything? In Jesus' name, go in grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the New Abbey Podcast. For more information, visit us on the web at www.newabbey.org.